We mentioned this early on, but that gender divide, the 65% of male workers said, yes, my company is helping me have relevant skills for the future. But 51% of female workers had that feedback. So a pretty big gap, 14% between the two. So I think companies need to be thinking about that. And when they think about rolling out these skills programs, being all encompassing and making sure that the skills are available to everyone. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Workforce Insight, the podcast for business leaders looking for fresh insights and solutions to today's most pressing workforce challenges. In each episode, you'll receive new ideas from experienced practitioners who are helping employers drive workforce transformation. I'm your host, Bushan Sethi, Joint Global People and Organization Leader at PwC. On this episode, are businesses succeeding at keeping their people engaged and productive? Our latest Workforce Pulse survey shows some groups of employees say no. We'll talk about why and what you can do to improve your people's day-to-day experience. Joining me in today's discussion is Julia Lamb, PwC's Global Workforce Strategy Leader. Hi, Bushan. Thanks so much for having me. Great to hear from you, Julia. So as we start each of these episodes, Julia, I want to start with a very straightforward question. What did you want to be when you grew up? Ooh, that's a tricky one. <laughs> Growing up, I wanted to be an architect. And it's not remotely what I'm doing today, although some of our work that's getting into employee experience in the office and our real estate, working with our real estate partners is getting into that space. But it's funny because I do find that generally speaking, a lot of consultants also had the same shared vision for their future and and wanted to go into that field growing up. And I think a lot of that just comes from problem solving. Obviously, there's sort of a mathematical piece to the work we do, analysis, and thinking about the art of the possible and what could be. Now, growing up, that was in buildings, but now it's in the way people work and the way they interact. Wonderful. So architecting solutions for our clients. So let's get into the content. In our latest Workforce Pulse survey, we compared business leaders and worker sentiment on a range of topics, including flexibility, well-being, and productivity. Julia, as you looked at the survey, what are the things that surprised you most? Yeah, there were a number of things that were pretty surprising in the survey. I was happy to see the points about optimism, and people were generally saying they're confident in their future employability. They were confident in the longer-term economic outlook. I thought that was uplifting to see that and thinking about job security and, and prospects. There was some interesting data in there around the discrepancy between men and women. When you think about that confidence, and in particular, women were lagging behind men. So that was one point that I thought was kind of interesting and a little unsettling, especially if you look at how women are disproportionately leaving the workforce right now, often because of childcare or other caregiving burdens. And what did you take of the data around the sentiment of the U.S. worker? We saw a significant percentage were very confident and equal amounts were not confident about future job prospects. What do you see from that data? So the survey was before the election results, right? And of the thousand or so people who responded, we did hear that their outlook for the next couple months, the majority thought that their job was secure for the next six months or so. We had 74% report that they agreed with that statement. And then the people who were reporting on their findings around how quickly they'd be able to find a new job 
We had 58% were saying they'd be able to find a new job within 58 months and a little bit less in the shorter term. So 45% said they'd be able to find a new job immediately. But I thought that was pretty uplifting with the number of people thinking their job is secure. And I think that goes back a little bit to how employers are communicating to their employees during these times. We saw many of our clients in financial services, in technology, PwC did this as well, communicate out that layoffs would be a last resort as we navigate through the crisis. And you've seen companies take some cost-cutting efforts to kind of hold true to that. But I think a lot of the confidence about their job security is related to communications and, and some of that transparency and commitment from companies. Yeah, absolutely. And if we think about economists, economists are now talking about a K-shaped recovery where certain sectors will continue to grow and certain sectors will continue to be irreparably damaged. Do you think the sectors play a role in worker confidence? I'm sure we're going to see, and probably underlying in the data, is less confidence in some sectors that were hard hit, like retail, where there's a dependency on people getting into the space. Of course, we're seeing that industry being rethought and tons of innovation, thinking about new business models and digital delivery mechanisms. But you do see some sectors like that that have a lower confidence and then a higher confidence would be those like financial services where the job can be done remotely. So I would anticipate if you look at the further breakdown, you're going to see some discrepancy across that. So we've looked at the importance of sectors as as part of shaping a business and an economic recovery. We've looked at the factors that inhibit productivity, some differences around, around gender, the importance of worker flexibility. How do you think about these issues when you're out advising clients as they architect their own workforce strategies for 2021? Yeah, I think our clients are very attuned to what's happening. Obviously, they're following many of the trends that we are. Do we look inwards? Do we think about cost-cutting initiatives? Do we think about longer term? How does our product mix look? Are we doing a deal? How are we going to sustain growth if that's the objective? So I think they are you know, revisiting business strategies. And on the heels of that, we've got a rise in workforce planning and our clients thinking about how do we respond and handle you know these changing dynamics so you mentioned thinking about different business strategies different scenarios what that means for the workforce what else do you think is some of the workforce trends that we've learned through the pandemic with our clients that we think will sustain going forward Typically, the change we've seen over the last eight months, you'd see over the course of several years, but we've seen people be able to fundamentally collaborate and communicate outside the office in a remote environment. But longer term, our clients are thinking about what are we going to do now that our employees know they can work remotely. We've learned, we've upskilled managers on how to manage a more distributed workforce. Do we want to come back to the office full time or do we want to rethink how we work and how we go back into an office setting? So they're starting to plan for what that model looks like, but then on the output of that modeling and scenario planning, what's the technology changes and support we need? And then of course, implications on HR policies, manager capabilities, employee teaming, and and engagement. So just tons of change that's been accelerated by the last eight months in this sort of accidental change management exercise we've gone through. Very accidental, this accidental shared experience, absolutely. So you've mentioned strategy, you've mentioned the redesign of work, the workplace. I didn't hear purpose and I didn't hear leadership. I know that is a big focus for our clients right now. Do you want to share what you're seeing around how our clients are living their purpose through their leaders today? Definitely. I mean, we are seeing the clients who 
basically uh, have been purpose-led and largely that purpose and the way they're communicating to their workforce is about their health and safety and not just their physical health, also their mental health and well-being. Companies that are really committed to that aspect of their organization are generally doing better. On the flip side, we do have companies that we're hearing anecdotally are pushing people to go back to the office. They may not be as flexible around supporting working parents or people who have caregiving situations. In some cases, people just don't feel like they're being prioritized. And I think those clients are not navigating the pandemic quite as well. They're seeing some resistance in their workforce. Absolutely. And given, Julia, we've spent the majority of the last nine months dealing with a health and a societal crisis. We have a very divisive workplace, a very divisive society. We've just finished an election here in the U.S., How have you seen inclusive leadership show up in the last few months? Yeah, and I think that started before the pandemic, right, or or started to gain momentum before the pandemic. But we're seeing diversity, equity, inclusion is, is top of mind for the vast majority of our clients. They're not just talking about it. They're trying to make a pivot to taking action. So for the PwC example, we've made a commitment to essentially giving more hours and more time for people to invest in societal justice, social causes. So I think that's been really exciting. And of course, the rhetoric and making sure that conversations and transparency and discussions are happening more inclusively across the organization. Absolutely. So if we go back to thinking about 2021, you mentioned that a number of the trends have been accelerated. A lot of our clients are looking to accelerate their digital agenda over the next 12 to 18 months. How do you think about reskilling in that environment? I'm thinking specifically for some of the sectors that may have to redefine business models, may have to think through digital channels, thinking about how do you get the kind of people back to work in this country? How should our clients be thinking about the reskilling agenda? As I think about reskilling, one of the biggest challenges our clients have on that topic is where to start and where to focus. And I remember a few weeks ago, we were talking with the chief learning officer of of one of our insurance company clients and the same kind of presenting problem. I'm not sure how to start. I'm not sure we have the right skills that we're working towards. And where the conversation evolved was just start. And I think that one of the challenges learning functions have is They get so paralyzed in planning that they're not able to make progress. And I think that's a sentiment we hear from business leaders as well. But the other thing I think our clients need to be thinking about is a little bit of what we saw in the survey around the divide amongst the workforce, thinking about how employers are helping them develop marketable skills. And we mentioned this early on, but that gender divide, the 65% of male workers said, yes, my company is helping me have relevant skills for the future, but 51% of female workers had that feedback. So a pretty big gap, 14% between the two. So I think companies need to be thinking about that. And when they think about rolling out these skills programs, being all-encompassing and making sure that the skills are available to everyone. And Bushan, you've talked to a ton of clients about this. What are you seeing? Yeah, I I think we've got some really good stories um, during the pandemic where healthcare workers have started to develop technology skills so that they can better administer telemedicine. We've seen bankers start to build much better business-to-business relationships through technology tools. So that's been good. I think the real challenge we have as we think about 2021 is how do we give people different skills who are in sectors that are 
irreparably damaged? And how do we bring people who are not in the workplace or are long-term unemployed back to work and where there's demand in sectors? As we think about the economy reopening and maybe more demand in sectors like infrastructure, like technology, like healthcare, how do we actually equip people with not just digital skills, but trade skills and design skills so that they can actually thrive in some of these new sectors? So, Julia, we talked a little bit about measurement at the start where we talked about productivity and productivity gaps. A number of our clients are having to reset expectations throughout the pandemic, whether it was about profitability, financials. We see some clients now disclosing pieces around gender representation. How are you advising clients on what they need to measure and value as you think about 2021? Yeah, this is a really hot topic with our clients, Bouchon. I've had a number of these conversations with various members of C-suite over the last couple of months, and only a few have been able to pinpoint how productive or the lack of productivity. And when you start to dig into that, the vast majority of them can't measure it, or if they're measuring it, it's just in one function. But I think the biggest trend here is no one is really pointing back to a strong measure because the way you measure productivity and the way you measure output is so varied from one function to the next. And many of our clients are equating longer hours to being more productive than ever. But I do think the element that's not coming in there is health and well-being and how that ties into an individual's ability to be productive. And the people working longer hours with people not being able to have an end time, there's no excuse for why you have to leave the desk because there's nowhere to go. I think people are really struggling with that. Yeah, maybe to add to that, Judy, I think in 2021, we may see much more reporting on aspects that have been important during the pandemic, like workplace safety, workforce diversity. So top down, there'll be some measures and disclosures in addition to productivity being sustainable and some of the mental health aspects that you mentioned. So as we look to wrap, Julia, what are the big three things you would take away as our clients are thinking about their future workforce? Maybe they're finalizing their plans for 2021. What are the three big areas that you would ask them to focus? Well, first, I think we hit on uh, one of them in this conversation, which was around purpose, values, and kind of going back to who you are as an organization. I think purpose and being purpose-led and leaders truly getting on board with that and and walking the talk is going to help our clients to really navigate this in the best way possible. I think the second thing that I would advise clients to is be open to change. So we still have clients who all of our clients are at least discussing the topic of hybrid work, whether they're saying, hey, it's good for us, we're going to do it, or no, it's it's not going to work for us. Our culture is extremely special. And part of that is being in the office. I think clients need to get on board with the concept that your culture has already changed and there's some value to be reaped from this. So thinking about and being open-minded to new ways of working, I think is critically important for clients. And then I think the last thing is, and perhaps it's tied a bit into the first, but being human and having fun and and being real. And I think for myself too, I've experienced this as we've gone through the crisis, you need to take time to connect with people. And if you're really just connecting in the virtual world and on calls, you need to, you know, stop and see where people are at, understand what's going on in their world and share a little bit about what's going on in your world too, to continue the human connection that we used to get in the office. That's great. Be purpose-led, be open and be real. 
Thank you, Julia, for sharing your story. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to this episode of Workforce Inside. For more insights into how to tackle your organization's workforce challenges, please visit our website and subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app. I'm Bhushan Seti at PwC. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is brought to you by PwC All Rights Reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.